What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 10 of the Chunky Singers Podcast. Today, we talked to Virginia Tech alumni, Joe Friday. Joe Friday is a coach now. Uh, we talk about some MLB experience, and we also talk about uh, college experience. Make sure to stick around for the whole episode. Check us out on YouTube at Chunkit Singers Podcast. Hope you enjoy this episode. All right, we're good to go now. Now we just talk baseball. So, first off, you introduce yourself. All right, well, my name is Joe Friday. I am from Middleborough, Massachusetts. I went to Bridgewater Rainham Regional High School. Um, we won the state championship in 2013 and came in the top three in 2014. Uh, ended up winning Gatorade Player of the Year in my senior year in 2014 when I graduated. Uh, moved on to Virginia Tech to play with um, a slew of guys who are now kind of making their way up into the minor league. So. That was, of course, a great experience. Um, played there for four years, and I ended up getting picked up by the Cardinals, where I ended up staying down in Jupiter, Florida, with in the Gulf Coast League for a whole summer. Um, long story short, I broke my back my junior year of college, and that really ended up ultimately being the reason why I hung them up when I got to pro ball. But all of it was a great experience, getting to meet new minds, talk new baseball, find some ideas. And um, so now... After my career was over, I went right away. I came down to the Giants Futures organization in Brockton, Massachusetts, where Chunk was for a while. And um, I coached the team underneath him. Um, but Chunk was my first guy that uh, came and did lessons with me. We were going twice a week for a little while. Uh, that was a whole lot of fun getting to think of new ideas together. You know, my first time giving any sort of lessons. Um, so that was great. That's basically how me and Chunk have come to know each other. Yeah, and then he actually was – you were the coach. Well, I'll call you the coach for Cooperstown. So, you got that. Did, you guys never went up to Cooperstown this year, right? But no. COVID. Are you going to – because I heard well, – isn't there, like, 13U tournament in Cooperstown this year? Maybe? No? I believe there is. I'm not sure if we're doing it. But, yeah, that was a bummer getting that canceled. Um, obviously, an unbelievable experience for the guys, you know, you having that last year. It was great. Yeah, I got to go up with that uh, 12-year-old team that year um, when you guys went up, had to fill in and staying in the dorms again, man. Same exact same exact dorms that I was in when I was 12, 10 years before that. That was a really, really fun experience. A little bit of nostalgia for you. Yeah, any I think any 12-year-old should go there. I didn't even, like, I had a broken hand, so it was like, I couldn't really play, but at the same time, I still got it. So I got to go to the Hall of Fame, all that stuff. So that's what I did. So, yeah, um, your college campus and all that yeah. sort of stuff. There's more, there's more than just the baseball going on over there. Yeah, for sure. It was fun. Um, we'll start off. So, start off about high school. How was high school ball for you? Since a lot of my audience is going into high school and I'm in high school. So, we'll start off there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't a guy who took baseball super seriously throughout my younger career, if we want to even go before that. Um, didn't really think I had much of a chance, but I think I kind of hit the growth spurt right around my freshman year of high school. And uh, that's when I started taking baseball a little more seriously. 
working out a little more, getting in the cages a lot more. Um, but pretty much from there, it took off um, once I really decided that I had a love for this game and I started playing against other competition and realized I could possibly go and play college baseball with this. Um, so throughout my summers over there, I was going down with a team that was called Mass Pride. They changed to the Hitmen not too long ago. I don't, I don't know if that organization's still around. I believe they are. Yeah, they um, are. Yeah, a lot of great guys over at that Mass Pride program. Um, so that's where I was from the first couple of years in high school. And then after that, it was I went over to Nakona, where I really started to go and travel around the country, up and down the East Coast, trying to really see what the competition was like. Um, because I remember when I was in young high school, I was thinking, I'm the man in Massachusetts because I'm destroying everyone in freshman baseball, which is just such a small sample size in you know, comparison to the rest of the world. And when I went down to East Cobb, I think when I was 15 is really when East Cobb, Georgia, um, for the perfect, one of the perfect game tournaments, really when you start to see the competition that's out there, um, those guys down there, they're getting after it out on a field, playing live games year round. Um, and so anybody up here in the Northeast and any sort of colder climate really kind of recognizes that and sees that as fuel to the fire. I hope um, that, you know, most of the ballplayers come from the South, California, you know, out West. And I think a lot of Northeast guys kind of see that as, you know, they could use it a little, as a little chip on their shoulder, which I like to think about doing. But everyone knows the real baseball was all down South, warmer climate, of course. Um, so going throughout all that, that whole process, that was a lot of fun. It's learned a ton. Didn't know a thing about the college recruiting process, Me, not, nor did my father. We were really just doing our best to kind of navigate the process. It's, um, there's a lot going on, but there's a lot of resources out there nowadays that can help guys, I think. Um, plenty of social media accounts, plenty of even coaches I've seen tweet out like, hey, don't do this when you want to go and apply for a school. Don't do this when you're talking to a coach. Um, so all those resources are definitely something that could help a lot of guys. Um, but either way, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about I, I knew I wanted to go south to play baseball. That's really all I wanted to do. And I knew that I wanted to continue working hard with it. Um, so I had a pretty I had a pretty good summer going into my junior year of high school. Um, that is usually when a lot of guys commit uh, to bigger name schools, ACC, SCC schools um, is right around that summer. But I actually didn't commit until the summer after that, at the end of my, right before going into my senior year, actually, I already had to, I had to have my junior summer. Um, during that junior summer, I went and played for um, Tri-State Arsenal, Team Georgia Baseball Academy, a couple of the baseball U out of New Jersey. Um, a few of those bigger names that, like I said, we, we kept traveling up and down the coast trying to get my name out there. Um, ended up coming back up playing in the East Coast Pro uh, Showcase, which was at, uh, that was in Syracuse that year um, at a AAA stadium. And that was basically the start of the pro circuit, they called it, where guys would go from there, they go down to um, area code games after that. That was basically to get ready for the area code games. I'm sure plenty of guys have heard of that. They try and get some of the better guys from all around the country and make random teams. Um, so that's really where I started to get my name on the, 
the whatever you call it, the radar for pro scouts as well. Um, so during those tryouts and during those practices, Coach Pat Mason was at one of uh, one of those and saw me. Was really interested. Dude, I went down to that campus. Yeah, like the before that, right before the start of that senior year, and it was a no-brainer for me. They took me on the football field for Andrew Sandman. I mean so much so many things that I can attribute to the reason of, of me committing there um, a lot of Massachusetts guys coach Mason was from Massachusetts actually um, so that was an easy decision for me and then after that I mean the rest of high school was just filled with fuel to the fire now that I'm committed to an ACC program I gotta act like it and I gotta play like it um, so I had a lot of fun that summer and in that during that season of high school baseball it was great uh, came up a little short, like I was saying earlier, from the championship. But then after that, off to the works at Virginia Tech, man. That was uh, that was really the start of something. It's when you start realizing how serious baseball can get. Yeah, so it's good. This is the best part about this because, like, just like what you said, now I get to think about it when, like, I go into freshman baseball. And if I do do good, like you said, luckily I get the opportunity, hopefully this year, I'm going down to Myrtle Beach. So I'll be able to see kids like you said when you went down to where Georgia you said. Yeah, that's really where I first kind of started to yeah. see competition. I'm yeah, sorry. and that's that's gonna. I'm sure I'm gonna see some kids that are really good down there. So that's like, like you just said, I gotta. Even though I'm killing it in New England, never know what's down there and up and wherever. So, and then college wise, now you can talk about how college went. I think. I think you did really good, right? You did. Yeah, it was not bad. Um, I came in with a chance to get some games under my belt my freshman year. I had, there was one catcher that was older than me that was getting a majority, that got a lot of time the year before. So he was kind of their guy. So I would really try and mix in with, uh, with him when I could. Honestly, though, freshman year, wasn't ready to play college baseball, flat out. Um, I go from guys up here you know, a good speed on a fastball is, you know, 80, 84, 85. That'll start blowing guys away up here. That is just not the case down south. Um, there's a lot more arms down there to get you ready for college baseball. So that fall was a, a rude awakening, to say the least, to the 6 a.m. lifts, to at the, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. basically when you're getting out of practice at the end of the day after classes and all that. Um, so that's, it really forces you to grow up. I'd say when you start to become a student athlete at that kind of level and dedicate that much time, I mean, it's basically a full-time job is what a lot of people say. Um, so that was obviously, you know, culture shock for me, but at the end of the day, it really teaches you some self-discipline. And, um, as most of you guys know, whenever, so my freshman year came and went really, I, I got I got my fair share of at-bats, my fair share of games, but um, ultimately was just really preparing for summer ball that year. After for my freshman year, I ended up going to Plymouth with the Pilgrims to play in the Northeast Collegiate Baseball League. That team's no longer a part of the league anymore, but uh, that league is still going on. Um, that league always had a few teams that were on the top summer ball list, uh, right up there with the Cape teams, right kind of just a step below that. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I got to play with some great, great, great talent over there. Um, guys by the name of Brent Rooker. He was just up with the twins last year. He was up on the big show. 
Um, one of the best hitters, one of the best guys I've ever met in my life. And that's something you kind of realize sidebar. That's something you kind of realize when you come up through the ranks. Um, the guys who are out there working hard every day and making plays and being the star of the team, they're not some unrealistic, lofty, like non-human person. Those guys are humans all day, every day. They make the same mistakes that we will. But one thing they do is that they separate themselves from the others with their work ethic and how seriously they take the game. Um, one of the quick things, just a quick thing that Brent Rooker was a huge advocate of. I remember just like after the first week or so, everyone on that team realized that that kid was on a, on a different level than the rest of us. So bus rides just sometimes consisted of, you know, me trying to get him to, or anybody trying to get him to answer just questions about how he does it. Like, how do you do it, dude? Brent, what makes you so good, man? He's a big visualization guy. Um, I know guys like Alex Rodriguez is to have talked about it. And I'm pretty sure anybody who's had some major success with almost anything in life too, um, really emphasizes visualization. You can get comfortable in that setting in your mind and you see it happening before it happens. You're going to be a lot better off. You're going to be a lot more comfortable in that situation. Um, a lot of pitching coaches like to use the phrase, see it twice or, um, or pitch it twice, right? See it once in your head and then make it happen out there. Um, so that's just another thing that is so great about summer baseball. And, you know, he went to Brent Rooker was at Mississippi state throughout his, uh, he was there for four years. He was a red shirt. And then after his red shirt year, so he was there for four years. He was the oldest, one of the oldest guys in the draft still went in the first round or first supplemental. I'm not sure. Second round, possibly, um, uncommon, but that he's an uncommon man basically. And, um, that's really the only way you continue to grow, try and be uncommon. Um, obviously at Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, there's a lot of uncommon guys, a lot of high school baseball players, guys that were high school baseball players, I should say, that decided at one point when they were younger that they want to be different. They want to be on a bigger stage. Um, and so there's a bunch of those guys from all over the country. And they all go and they duke it out and they fight for spots on teams. And that's when you realize that maybe your high school wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Um, so that's one of my bigger points is to really focus on, you know, seeing everyone else in play and getting to know, you know, the different talent around is really important. Um, but what I would really say is the competition is just, it's basically, it's just yourself. Um, yourself yesterday. It's a pretty cliche thing to say, but I couldn't believe in that anymore. Um, just trying to get 1% better every day. So I mean, college baseball was a lot of fun. Like I said, during my halfway through my junior year, I broke my back, was, which was unfortunate. Um, I was towards the top of the country in home runs and throwing out base runners. It was going to be a good year. Um, but things happen. Curveballs get thrown your way. And actually, that, um, that next year, I ended up coming back and doing okay. Um, and when you get injured like that, you learn a lot of stuff about the body. Um, some stuff about discipline and you kind of see how mentally tough you can be. So that's another piece of information for anybody who has an injury. A lot of guys I saw that got injured throughout their careers, depending on which way they wanted to go, if they wanted to continue playing almost all of the time, they came back stronger because they're that much more informed. They're that much more careful and diligent about their plans now because that's how they had to be for their rehab. 
in order to get back to playing the game they love. So when it gets taken away from you, you kind of figure out a way to really make it happen. And uh, I think it's a skill that's transferable to life big time. Yeah, like my hand, my hand was the biggest thing that I've had. And that was just, that took away 12-year-old season, which sounds like, oh, it's just 12-year-old season. But that's, everybody knows that's like the big season. You go to high school the next year, you go to Cooperstown. But it was like, I went through it. I figured out, I went to physical training, got that stuff, learned some new exercises that I still do. And now I'm back. And last year I killed it. So that's all you have to do. Everything feeling okay with that? Yeah, it's perfectly fine now. So I just go with it. I got a little scar and that's it. Yeah, that's it. As long as you, you know, take care of your business, do the rehab that your doctor tells you to and, you know, continue to do it. You're just going to keep getting bigger, faster and stronger. Um, yeah. That's, that's so, so very important. That's another thing, like I was saying earlier, you know, use your resources. That doctor is your resource. He knows a lot more than you or I do about whatever he's doing. Yeah, resources are anywhere now. You can find, you can go on Instagram, find a resource. You can go on YouTube, find a resource anywhere. Anywhere and anytime, honestly, at this point, you got nothing else to do. Figure out what's going on. Right? It's all about how bad you want it, man. And yep. uh, really, there's really no excuses after that when it's all said and done. Yeah. All right. Well, keeping going on the track. So we went through high school, college, now on to your what? You played spring training, right? For the. Yeah. So when you, right? uh, for the first year player draft is uh, in June. I, was it in May this year? I forget. But uh, first few first week of June, usually. So at that point, all the minor league teams are basically halfway through their season, if not a little more. Um, so once that happens, they send all the newly drafted guys and some of the guys that they brought up from the DSL, the Dominican summer league, um, bunch of prospects down there. That's where most of those guys come out of. They'll spend a little bit of time down there and then all of us will come together and meet up in the Gulf coast league, or, um, there's leagues out in Arizona. There's another couple down in Florida for rookie ball. Um, but that's where all those guys fresh out of college, high school, um, or the Dominican, that's where they all meet up and play. So we go down there. We basically have every sixth day off, um, and that's about it. So you play, I forget exactly how many, but you're down there for a couple months, if not two or three months um, into August, and you're playing every day in the heat in Jupiter, in Florida. It's, it's something special. Um, so I didn't actually get to experience spring training, unfortunately. I kind of got the back half of just the regular season. But what a lot of guys do, what a lot of programs do is their spring training is kind of their spring training, um, wherever area they use for that is usually where the uh, rookie ball team is located. So we were at the facility, uh, Dean Martin Field, I believe it was. We shared with the Marlins uh, minor league organization, huge, huge complex, bunch of fields. Um, we pretty much, I kind of lost where I was going with that for a sec. Um, so we, yeah, we played just the same six teams over and over and over again. And it kind of gets you, like I said, the, I mean, the whole idea is to get you ready for the big show. Um, cause in the big show, you are going to be facing those teams in your league a few times. You will see the same arm multiple times in a season. 
So that's kind of where guys can, coaches and analysts can get an idea of how well you adjust and how well you make a plan. Um, when you've seen a pitcher before, getting an eye, getting eyes on that at that level, I think experience and the more at-bats you get, you get against the guy, their odds are always going to slightly start to tilt in the batter's favor. As much of a pitcher's game as it is. It really, really, truly is. Um, but a couple cool things about down there. Um, a lot, like, I, like I was saying, that's where the spring training is held. So that's where they'll send a lot of guys for rehab assignments. Um, got to bump into a few pros. Caught Adam Wainwright's bullpen when he was coming back. I think he had some cartilage issues. Um, he is, he seemed like a stand-up guy, honestly. And that was a lot of fun. I really feel like I could have called the pitch, set up where I wanted to, closed my eyes, and he would have hit me in the glove. Like, basically every time. It was it was pretty cool um, getting to catch for someone who has really honed in on their craft like that. And um, that's exactly what Wayne Wright's done. I mean, he's been in the league for I don't even know how long. He's been pitching forever. So getting to see that kind of effectiveness and um, getting to be around that is just kind of something special. Gives you gives you more goals. Yeah. And then the best part about this is I understand what you're saying because, like, the last episode – or one of the episodes, because I don't know when it will come out. But I talked to the kid, Ryan. I was talking about Ryan Fitzgerald on the Red Sox. He was talking about spring training and, like, the facility. And he actually went – he was down there. He went undrafted, got picked up, went down there, and he got to meet Pedroia because, like like he said, all the, like, rehab. So he got to interact with Pedroia, and he's like, it's just like seeing – and Pedroia is his favorite player on top of that. So it's like – seeing your idol that you've been idolizing it's crazy some of the things so it was cool talking to him and then like you said with um wainwright right is that what you said yep adam wainwright he was down yep. there for a while um all those guys i mean just seeing how they take care of their business so important yeah. is fitzgerald uh is he a massachusetts guy is he a boston guy no he he's from chicago oh interesting i mean I guess Pedroia is one of those players that yeah was really universally loved. Uh, it's just it's I, I that he he was one of the best. He's he was one of my favorite for a long time. He's still one of my favorites for sure. Middle infielder too. Everybody liked Pedroia. He was a yeah, middle infielder, so middle infield little guy. I mean, yeah, huge heart, huge swing. That was so fun to watch him, man. He's the best. He's still I've in the league, it. technically. Yeah, yes, you're right. You're right. The guy's uh, making so much money. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking MVP, Pedroia. It was special. Yeah, for I sure. I was watching all the Red Sox games back then. I I Man. got to see Pedroia, but I didn't get to see Pedroia. Like yeah. I got to see some, but um, so now for some people, uh, most some people on the podcast will know you just because a lot of them are from Mass and some of them are from Giants. But Joe's a catcher, so we'll go over some like, what do you do catching wise, or like, what's the mindset catching guys in like college? Or like you said, when right, what did you think when you were doing that? Like, what were you practicing while doing that? Like, what, just give some catcher topic overview. Yeah, so I mean, as what I try and do, and what I think most uh, players try to do as they get older is they try and simulate game situations in practice. So practicing really, really is where you do most of the thinking I like to believe and most of your fine tuning. Once you kind of get out there, honestly, I really just like to let the instincts take over. Um, 
that's why you take so many reps in practice. That's why you catch a million baseballs this way and a million baseballs yeah. this way. That's going to kind of groove those neuro pathways, like the brain body connection. The more you do it, just the more hammered in those, all those movements are going to be. So I really like to try and not think as much as I could out there, but basically as a catcher, your job is to keep the ball in front of you and make your pitcher look good. Um, so I guess one little focus that you can kind of just start to any other catcher, any young catcher out there can start to work on is just using your glove in your eyes when you're catching the baseball. Least amount of body movement you can have, it's going to end up making it look a lot better to that umpire. Um, it keeps your eyes nice and still. It's going to keep you centered in on the baseball. Um, so I really think that's one of the bigger things that I could give uh, younger catchers a tip for. Um, yeah. and, and then – oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Uh, and then, like, you kind of experience this because you are a coach. But, like, for the younger guys, especially now, it's tough because of the umpire location now. Behind the mound, I had such a hard time. And, like, I almost wanted – like, you have to start low. I start my glove low. But I was never getting the calls when I'd come up because they always thought, why is he coming up? Or So I had to – it was rough. You had to adjust to it a lot. I don't know. I, it, was, Dude, it was rough. That is – it is tough at your age, especially when guys are really only just starting to throw on the bigger mound. And some guys are yeah, starting to get a little more control over their pitches. But a lot of the times it's, it's pretty tough. Catching – some people would say catching at an elite college level – can sometimes be harder than catching um, in the bigs because yeah. some staffs in the bigs, I know a lot more guys nowadays are starting to rear it up to a hundred, a hundred, whatever. And maybe they don't have quite as much control, but most pitchers in the big leagues can pretty much put it wherever they want, whenever they want for the most part, and especially in bullpens. Um, so really making sure that we can kind of keep our pitchers under control when we're in the younger stages um, and really being able to get to know them too, um, kind of going off onto a different tangent, but getting to know your pitcher a little better so we can make mound visits more effective, I think is a huge, huge part of um, developing a relationship and becoming successful on the field. Because, you know, yeah, if you got your best bud behind the, the plate, right, you've done a little bit of pitching, right? And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're, a, you got a personality. I'm sure you talk up to your pitchers and you, you let them know how talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had a few guys who, a few catchers that I grew up with and that I came to know in college throughout summer ball and all that. They, their first mission every year was to take all the freshman pitchers out to lunch at least once, like in the fall out to lunch, just like smart. Yeah, yeah, you get to know them a little bit better. And, man, like I said, anytime you can really, really trust the guy on the other end of that fastball or on the other end of that breaking curveball in the dirt, when you can really know that that guy is going to work hard for you, give him everything you got, and that he wants to see you succeed and you want to see him succeed, that's like – that's so much of the game right there. Um, yeah. You can't even put into words how important that kind of chemistry and that bond is. So – Hang out with your teammates and talk to them, ask them about their family, see what they like, man. It's all just stuff that is going to do you well um, in every facet of life. 
Yeah, and then I switched teams last year, so it was rough. Well, it wasn't rough, but I didn't know anybody, so I went in there, the catcher, but I didn't know anybody. So it was my job to get in there quick, get some, get to know all the pitchers, and it was easy. It, once I got all of them, we rolled and we did really good in the season. So, and then the whole Zoom thing on top of that, like COVID messed it up, and I was like, oh god, this season's gonna be rough because I don't know anybody. I don't know the kids. I don't know the pitcher. I didn't know what the pitcher threw. So that, but I went in there, we rolled, we slowly got better. And now I'm best friends with the pitchers. So I talk to them at least daily, sometimes every other day. So that's what I got to do. And now we're ready for the season coming up, getting practice starting again uh, every Saturday. And now we're all just waiting for the season to start. A lot of big tournaments this year. You are. Oh, I'm sure everyone's going to be scrambling, man. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Um, I like, I mean, the fact that things are opened up again for, for baseball around, you know, that beginning of the season. I think that's really going to be a pretty cool experience for a lot of guys. Ton of baseball, like you said, ton of tournaments going around. Um, but yeah, you're already ahead of step, uh, ahead of the, ahead of the game as far as, you know, your competition goes. Not a lot of catchers your age, not a lot of anybody your age is really going, making sure they know their teammates. Um, and yeah, I just, I, could, I couldn't continue to put enough emphasis on how effective that kind of stuff can be out on the field. Yeah. It like, makes, makes memories. Jeez. I mean, you're never going to, you're not going to get this. You're not going to get your 13 year old season back. You're not going to get your 14 year old season back. And all of those seasons, every single individual one, uh, you will make memories. And it's really just up to you to do that. Yeah. And I think the biggest part, too, like kids will say it's not fun or they don't enjoy it, but then they'll, they won't say anything in practice. They won't talk like they won't do anything. So how is it supposed to be fun when you like you just got to have you got to have personality, go out there and have fun with it. That's what I do. That's you give. Talk to everybody. Talk to the batter behind the plate. It's the best part. Uh, yeah, dude. Of course, I know you're doing that every time. Yeah, that kind of getting his ear, kind of getting his head. Yeah, and then on top of that, most of the not most of them, but a lot of kids know me because of Instagram and whatever. And I played all of them at least once in my life, so they all know who I am. So I'm behind there talking to them. I know their names, so I'll be. I'll say, "Hey, your shoes untied," or something like that. So it's just fun. And, then, and that's what happened. So, yeah, dude. I mean, you basically you probably know you could know everyone in your league at this point. Everyone's got an Instagram or a tick. They're making TikTok. Yeah. Well, the New Balance they expanded a little bit, so I don't know everybody. You said the new what? The New Balance they expanded a little bit. Like GBG's in it now. A couple other teams. Oh, it's, uh, that it's yet? New Balance League. Yeah, I, you guys are in it. I think. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because, like, last year was a New Balance, like, sponsor type, and then this year they did, like, a whole New Balance league. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I knew yeah. and then they did – they're doing – New Balance is doing so much stuff in Massachusetts. Like, they're doing the NB Select, like, national team that I'm doing. And they're doing tryouts for every age up to 14, I think. And then they've been doing showcases, the showcases now. That I went to, you get like online profile and everything on the site. So that's the cool part about it. So that's Sweet. what New England's doing. Complete good turfs, man. 
Yeah, for sure. I got a pair. I got a pair for the season. Lime oh, yeah. green and lime green and purple. Bigly choose. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That wild pitch watermelon. <laughs> oh my goodness, brother! You got the Barney specials right there, don't you? Oh, that's how I'm gonna be rocking this year. <laughs> with the with the orange and blue uniform too. It's gonna match perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that's goes. what I was going for. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we covered everything. Dude, I, I had a fun time. Thank you. Thank That's you for coming time. on here. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know whenever you want me back on, dude. I can yeah. make some, give us something good to talk about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a couple guys that I already had on here that like I, I haven't posted some of them. So nobody knows what I'm talking about. But like some of the guys I'm posted on here, I'm like, I got to have you back in like a couple months because right now, even though we're talking about stuff that's going to happen. So in a couple months, you might be in a whole different thing. Like the first episode I did with a high school, a high school going to college. He's at Stonehill. I'm like, you got to come back in like six months, talk about your season. <laughs> like he's, yeah, man. he's just working. He's just working out. That's all he can do right now. So, and he's really got much of a taste of college. Football. Yeah. It's, it's, he's having fun though. He's from Brockton. He went to Brockton High. Good He's stuff. good. So him and then the Ryan Fitzgerald guy, he, he I'm like, he still has to go to spring training, so it would be cool to talk to him after that. And then if he ever gets in the bigs, he can come back on and talk about that because he still hasn't played in Fenway. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure once he, he gets Once he gets in Fenway, that's what I want to talk to him. <laughs> that's good stuff, dude. I like the plans, man. Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't surprised at all when I saw you start this podcast. I was thinking about it for a while. Yeah, not gonna lie, it was it was coming, and then a lot of people started it, and I was like, a lot of people was doing it, and I was like, all right, I'll I'll start it. All and then your perspective, my man, find yourself shoes. Yeah. And the best best part about it is I get to talk to people like that. No. No other 14-year-old's talking to. Even though the 14-year-old can t- listen to it, they're not asking the same questions that I'm asking right now. So it's it's the best part. How's it happening? Because you went out and you just did it. Yep. That's all you got to do. I mean, I mean, microphone didn't break the bank, I'm sure. You got, no. a, little, you got a nice video camera. Like It's it's a Mac. It's my, it's my school computer. That's yeah. all I'm using. So and if you If you want it, you got it. And... Well, thank you for coming. We're going to have to do this again, like I said. You got me, bro. Let me know. You got got practice today? I'm here. I am out of here in a little bit. Yeah, I got a few lessons to give. Um, You still have the the Giants facility, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to schedule one. (laughs) I need one. Let's get it. You know I'm here. All right. Well, I'll talk to you. Yes, sir. Peace out, my man. The dad, my dad said hi, by the way. Oh, I forgot to man. tell you in the beginning. Yep. Tell he was, him I said he's like, up. tell Joe I said hi. That's awesome. I miss you guys. Yeah, we'll be around. We'll be around. Dude, much love, brother. All right, Peace see out. you. Be- Thank you guys for listening to episode number 10 of the Chunk It Stingers podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to go check out the YouTube channel, Chunk It Stingers podcast, and check out the Instagram, Chunk It Stingers. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode.